This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. If you're interested in learning more about our church, go to Bethlehem.Church forward slash location forward slash south dash campus. Dave, it is like 85 degrees at the end of September. That's uh, unusual. Yeah, I like it. You're, you're going to go uh, someplace even hotter here soon. Yes. Where, where is that going to be? Yeah, we're hoping to take a, a family trip here in the next couple of days uh, down to Florida. So we're uh, we're driving it for the first time as a family, which brings back all sorts of nostalgia for me. We did that a lot as a family growing up, going to the same place uh, that my family always went, Daytona Beach, even the same uh, resort timeshare that my parents have down there and uh and it terrifies us because we have a <laughs> we've got four little kids that uh nostalgia and nightmare nostalgia and nightmare good that's nostalgia. good alliteration yep. yeah i've learned from the best nostalgic nightmares. Oh, so what thanks. are some uh my, my random question for you is um what are some of your memories from that timeshare growing up that you hope will be duplicated for your kids yeah, I mean, I just remember the road trip being really fun family time. Um, I was the oldest, so I was always kind of the ringleader, I think. So it'll be interesting being in the parent seat now, and I wonder if my parents enjoyed my ringleading as much as I <laughs> as I enjoyed doing it. Are you expecting your oldest to become a ringleader? Yeah, I think Iris will, will fit the bill <laughs> just fine. Um, but I, I, we're, I'm, so I'm excited for the road trip. I think that'll be fun family time, most of it, I hope. <laughs> but then, uh, I mean, really, our our times there were always really simple. Just a lot of time on the beach, um, just enjoying God's creation. So we, there's something about the ocean that just is good for my soul, and I think for my wife's soul as well. And the space and watching my kids chase seagulls and yeah. see jellyfish and yeah. Yeah. all see these them. kinds of things. Don't touch them. See them. Don't touch them. Yeah. Yep. Crab. You know all that kind of stuff. It's just fun, and uh, you know, normally we we mini golf. There's a a couple ice cream places that are kind of family favorites now for I guess a couple decades. Now oh, I think wow. back, and uh, but just a lot of just a lot of un you know no no pressure family time to just be together and enjoy each other. Okay, so when this podcast comes out, you should already be back by then. But you're gonna have David Livingston starting us out in First Peter five, and then Nick. Uh, taking the next paragraph in First Peter five. Yeah, we've right. only got we've only got four weeks left. Of wow, First Peter. First Peter, that's incredible. And then we have global focus. Global focus. And God willing, we're talking about starting the book of Acts. Yep. So week two of global focus will start Acts. Wow. I think Lord I'm willing. Exci- I'm excited about that. Yeah, Lord willing for sure. <laughs> so today we're going to conclude our series, our five part series on uh, the doctrine of the church. So we've already talked about hey, doctrine of the church broadly, elder led. That is, we've talked about baptism and membership, and today we're going to talk about another significant part of church life, communion, or the Lord's Supper. Um, so the, the Lord uh, instituted two things that we believe that we ought do that are living, moving pictures of the gospel. One is baptism, the death, a picture of the death and resurrection of Jesus, and the other is communion. So Dave, what, what's communion? What's it a picture of? What are the major texts that, uh, that inform what we think about communion? Yeah, well, if you go to Luke 
22, uh, where Jesus instituted it, uh, verses 19 to 21, says, He took bread, when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they took the cup after they'd eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Uh, do this in remembrance of me. And so, as we look at this text, and then Paul basically uh, says that again in 1 Corinthians 11, as he's talking to the Corinthian church, and he says that we're uh, proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. But when you look at what communion is, I mean, for Jesus to be here with his disciples, celebrating the Passover and saying, this is going to be about something different now. I mean, that was, that was a big deal. The Passover was a celebration of the redemption of God's people from Egypt, God's covering of them with the blood of the Lamb. And now Jesus is saying, this is going to be transformed into a new celebration of my blood covering you, of the new covenant that I'm making with all who trust in my death and resurrection. This is a pretty monumental shift. I just, I'm, I've always wondered, like, what did the disciples think in that moment? Like, what is this guy doing? This is a, a big deal. And then we just see that uh, for, the, for the church, uh, we're meant to have that same kind of uh, remembrance. Remember what he's, he's done for us. So... Um, but, but you know, we would say it's, it's not just a remembrance, although it is that. So if you go to 1 Corinthians 10, 16 to 17, which is right before, in the chapter before that text I talked about with Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 10, 16 to 17 says, The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there's one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. And that word participation is the word for fellowship. So Paul is teaching the church that when they come to this table, to the Lord's Supper, there is real spiritual fellowship with our Lord and with each other. there's, There's one body and one bread. So, you know, we talked about baptism being kind of the welcome to the family. And what I would talk about communion as is here is our moment where we have the family meal uh, week after week uh, where we're fellowshipping with Christ and with one another in a really sweet, particular way. Yeah. So then, Dave, you, you kind of alluded to it. It's, it's a remembrance. It's in remembrance. Jesus said that. Um, is it, and then you kind of alluded to it's more than that. It's more. It's a participation, mm-hmm. um, according to Paul. So how, let's cross our T's and dot our I's. What, in our view, elders at Bethlehem, what, in our view, is communion? And maybe let's contrast it with other views of what communion is. Sure. Yeah. So, so in our view, um, so, 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 you know, there's a, there's a spectrum. We've talked about, you know, the different spectrums of various things on this podcast. For communion, you know, you could go to... Um, a Roman Catholic view that would say uh, the body of Christ and his blood are actually physically present in communion. And, and we would just deny that. We think Christ is raised from the dead and at the right hand of the Father. And uh, so we, we would deny that. That's called transubstantiation, and we don't uphold that doctrine. Um, or you could go to kind of more of a... a look, look, can I stop you there? Why yes. is that important for Roman Catholics, given their doctrine? to say that it's actually 
resin. What does that then provide, or what is that? What is the upshot of that for them? Yeah, it really, uh, practically speaking, becomes a part of of how you're saved. Yeah. Uh, so they would they would they would say that this is this is a you're repeating the sacrifice over yep. Yep. and over again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. My uh, my, I have relatives um, that are Roman Catholic that. Uh, speak that way and it's important because in a Roman Catholic view your justification and your sanctification are closely related very closely mm-hmm. related mm-hmm. so justification is not a outside declaration you are right with God it is an internal I carry this with me and communion the Lord's Supper the Eucharist matters for them because to partake in the actual body and blood of Christ means they are receiving like substantiated grace like the the grace in this actual substance and at times in roman catholic theology um i mean and still to this day um just the the belief that you can partake in communion apart from faith Mm -hmm. and that actually Mm -hmm. still helps you Mm -hmm. that actually Mm -hmm. is still a good thing for you to do Mm -hmm. um that that just in the act of doing it something is happening which we would say is Unbiblical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unbiblical. So I, I cut you off there. That's the Roman Catholic yep. in one spectrum. What yep. are what are other views? To yeah, contrast? yeah. There, you know, there's a, a Lutheran view, which would, uh, which which is kind of a, a an in between view, where they would say uh, Christ is kind of under and uh, around the yep. elements, yep. and uh, and you press them on that, and you know they would they would uh, separate themselves. Uh, from from the Roman Catholic kind of uh, transubstantiation, but uh, they would talk about it in some ways that, that would still connect it, like you're talking about making sanctification and salvation very close. Um, although that can differ a little bit, I found, from, from Lutheran church to Lutheran church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that would, that would be another view and for a lot of the same reasons you already talked about we would want to distance ourselves from from that view then there would be what we call like the mere memorialist view um which is just common because jesus said do this in remembrance of me which would say this would be like on the totally other side of the spectrum right? completely yep yep so switching all the way over the other side all we're doing all we're doing in this thing is remembering him together um and, and we are remembering him together. We are remembering uh, what he did and proclaiming his death until he comes. And so that, that would be common in uh, a, lot of, a lot of Baptist churches. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. relatively recent view, too. Yes. Right? Like yes. not a, yep. This is not a historic view. If you read the yep. Church Fathers, you read um, Medieval Divines, you go to Aquinas, obviously he's a Roman Catholic Developing yep. stuff, even yep. going to the reformers. Yep, Calvin. Um, nobody is yep. really espousing this view. Some people wrongly say, I think, that Ulrich Zwingli, Zwingli yeah. so the one of the big three reformers, um, espoused this view. I don't think that's accurate. Yep. I think there are people downstream from him that espoused, hey, this is uh, all we're doing here is remembering. Right. It's nothing else going on. Right. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And then there's the view that Bethlehem holds. So as uh, we're Reformed Baptists, so we would we would say, and there is no value in communion apart from saving faith. This is this is the table for believers. Uh, this is the table for the the church. And and we would also say we're not we're not merely remembering. We are remembering, but because of texts like First Corinthians ten sixteen and seventeen, where there's this fellowship and this family meal aspect. 
um, the way Calvin talks about it is he says it's a, a sign and a seal. So it, remembrance would kind of be the sign part. Yes, it is a sign of what's happened. We remember, but it's also a, a seal, which means that the Holy Spirit is working in a particular way. Christ is spiritually present with us in a particular way when we do this. Um, and, and I think a fair way to talk about it would be to say that there's sanctifying grace yeah. that, we, that we find in it. So let, let me read um, just what the Elder Affirmation of Faith says so that you know our listeners know that we're not, not out on an island by ourselves right now. <laughs> Here, so here's what it says about communion. It says, Those who eat and drink in a worthy manner partake of Christ's body and blood. So that's that word of fellowship. Mm-hmm. It says, Not physically... You know, uh, separating from the Catholic view there, but spiritually, in that by faith they are nourished with the benefits he obtained through his death, and thus grow in grace. So, you hear all the elements we just talked about in yeah, that statement. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, similarly, at the Second London Baptist Confession, sixteen eighty nine, which is kind of a a big mm-hmm. um, confession that a lot of Reformed Baptist churches look to. Yep. Um, so it says this, um, kind of building on or summarizing the Westminster Confession of Faith that many Presbyterian churches use. Mm-hmm. This is what it says about communion. The supper of the Lord Jesus was instituted by him the same night wherein he was betrayed to be observed in his churches unto the end of the world for the perpetual remembrance. There's that remember. Um, and showing to all the world the sacrifice of himself and his death, confirmation of the faith of believers and all the benefits thereof, their spiritual nourishment, there's the partaking, and growth in him and their further engagement in and to all duties to which they owe him and to be a bond and pledge of their communion with him and with each other. Mm-hmm. So it is, yes, we're doing this in remembrance and um, it uh, helps believers when partaking in faith, to grow in um, belief in Jesus and to grow in their faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Dave, what then will we say about uh, this, this practice that we and many other Baptist churches have? We take communion, so we preach every week, we sing every week, we pray every week. Whenever baptisms come up and there's an opportunity for somebody to be baptized, we, we move in the direction of, hey, let's... Uh, even at South Campus, we just schedule special you yeah. know, baptisms just because somebody needs to get baptized. Yeah. Um, and then, as a rule, pretty much, with maybe one or two exceptions over the decade that I've been here, um, although there was one service at the downtown campus that did it more often, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, Bethlehem uh, has had communion together on the first Sunday of the month, um, which is what lots of Baptistic uh, churches do. They do it less frequently than every week. Is there anything convictional that you can think of? Like, why? Like, is there like, we do this every month rather than every week because, and then there's something convictional there, or is it, is there a reason that you can think of why we've done it less often? Yeah, I don't, I don't know all the history there. You know, as interesting as we were working through this with just all the elders, um, uh, because uh, we, we're wanting to move the weekly communion as we're working through this with all the elders. Um, I dug into the bylaws, and our bylaws just say that it will be done the first Sunday of the month or whenever the elders deem it uh, appropriate to do so. So that makes me think that it, it wasn't uh, 
terribly convictional to say just the first Sunday of the month because obviously it's leaving that option open to do it yeah. more times than that. You know, I think it's a, I mean, the thing I hear most often is that if you do this every week, it's going to get dry. It's right. going to get boring. Um, so that that's a pretty uh, widely held thought. Um, you know, I was at a, a church that did every week for about five years, and what I can say is every week we did it, my anticipation of it only grew uh, because of what we believe it is. Uh, it's a partic- participation of fellowship with Christ. If that's that's boring, then we might be we might be missing something that yeah. we should be anticipating. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, you mentioned probably the main thing that I've heard um, as well is just um, it'll become rote. It won't. It'll lose some of its significance and other things like that. It's a really great article by um, a professor at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, Jim Hamilton. Mm-hmm. It's just called "How Often Should a Church Take." The Lord's Supper, and this is his comment um, about that. Uh, some object, his, his upshot, his, his summary is, yes, a church should. He has some, uh, he looks at Acts 20, uh, just that it's pretty clear that the early church's practice was, hey, let's take communion every single week. And as Baptists, we are very much those that are like, what was the early church doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and so his then response to that kind of objection, like, Oh, it'll become dull. He says this. Some object that taking the Lord's Supper every week will demean its significance. I think boring preaching and bad music demeans the significance of preaching and singing. <laughs> but most Baptist churches take the risk and have preaching and singing every week. I don't think this argument that taking the Lord's Supper every week will make it dull is convincing or significant. We should take the same steps to keep the Lord's Supper from becoming rote that we should take to keep the preaching from becoming boring or the music from being bad. Yeah. So I think it's a, um, there is a way in which it can be done where it's just like, oh yeah, it's just, this is what we do. But in as much as it's tied into the other elements, I mean, we mm-hmm. do this every week. Mm-hmm. There are themes behind the scenes. We're mm-hmm. headed a direction with the message that's being preached. The songs sync up with that. The prayers sync up with that. And there's a way in which communion every single week can, mm-hmm. and the application thereof can mm-hmm. sync up with that too. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one, one way, you know, I've, I've talked about it is if you get to the end of a sermon and it doesn't feel natural to confess sins and remember the gospel and say, Jesus, I want to I want to uh, walk with you right now, fellowship with you and with my fellow believers right now, then you might not have preached a Christian sermon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I just think it's, it's always a. I think it's always appropriate um, because it's it's always uh, it's the way the Lord's intended it to be. Yeah, amen, yeah. amen. Okay. So we are talking about, uh, or actually, indeed, I think we are planning on moving starting in October to weekly communion. Uh, so October third, we'll have our normal um, our first mm-hmm. Sunday of the month communion, and then October tenth, we're gonna take communion again. Um, any mm-hmm. words about? How exactly we're going to go about doing that, or do you see any, you know, even saying oh, here's here's the upshot kind of our or the advantage has been basically the entire last twenty minutes, um, but any downsides to that potentially? I mean, I don't see any, <laughs> but, but I, I feel I have, I have fairly 
strong convictions about it. So that's probably why I don't I don't see any downsides. Um, you know, we've been we've been even in this season with COVID, where communion has had to be different. You know, we've been talking as a staff and as elders about ways to do it that make us mo- make it most meaningful. So you might see us try a few different ways of doing it. You know, when we take it, how we examine ourselves before it, um, those kinds of things. So, uh, you know, bear with us as we're, as we're trying to figure out what's most helpful for all of you. You can give us feedback too. Um, we're, we're open to that. We've gotten some feedback that's been helpful in the, yeah. in the past few months. But I, I don't, I don't see downside any more than I would see. I mean, you already said it downside to singing or preaching or praying. Uh, together every week, I just I think it's I think it's what we should do. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I mean I'll say it I'll say it maybe to answer the question another way that I feel so excited about it because of the convictions because I see in the in the text of scripture you know you talked about church history that's true Acts twenty verse seven makes it seem that way but even when you go to First Corinthians eleven and you look at if you're going to say when did they do this Paul five times uses this phrase when you come together. As if this is what you do when you gather as a people. And so every week we don't have communion. I feel a little hitch in my heart <laughs> as, a, as a pastor who cares about this people and is thinking, man, sanctifying grace is, is there and I feel like, I feel like we, we should have done it. Mm-hmm. So not only do I see no downside, but every week we haven't done it for two years now. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've gone... I wish we did. Every week, that hasn't changed. Mm. Anything else you'd say about communion, Dave? Um, maybe the only thing that we haven't uh, we haven't talked about yet. We've talked about how we look back to Christ's death and resurrection. We've talked about the present fellowship, the conviction of sin, um, the way that that helps us grow in grace. But we also are rehearsing the future. You know, we're also re- rehearsing this anticipation of the wedding supper of the Lamb. Yeah. So as we're as we're doing this. Week by week, we should be thinking, thank you for what you've done. Lord, convict, uh, comfort now, help me walk with you more closely. And Lord, I can't wait for that day when I get to eat and drink with you in your presence forever. Amen. Amen. Maranatha. As has been the case with previous episodes in this series, we're giving away a book. This one is from the Church Basics series that, surprise, Nine Marks puts out. It is Understanding the Lord's Supper. Uh, by Bobby Jameson. So um, last uh, the, the book on baptism was by Bobby. This one's just a, a real quick little book. Can't be more than about 80 pages. That just speaks to scriptural realities behind communion and a little bit about how it ought to be practiced. So if you email me, daniel.fisbeke at bethlehem.church, I'll leave a copy of Understanding the Lord's Supper at the office break. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Pastoring Out Loud is a ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you a member at South Campus and there's a topic or a question you have from Scripture? Go ahead and please send that to southoffice at bethlehem.church.com.